I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's our professionalism you respect the most. I'm moving the microphone back and forth. This is an old Ian McKay trick. I'm sure he wasn't the first to do it. Uh, I'm sure it doesn't sound any different I'm at all. I'm moving my mouth back and forth. Can you hear the fade? Wow. Relationship changing. Is that how they did that? Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Aside from doing going off track, Brad Worrell is a professional audio producer. <laughs> he knows how to make sound. And sound effects specialist. Wow. Were you in Police Academy? <laughs> uh, Jonah Bear, his band was just touring. We were. We played four shows. United Nations. United Nations. And uh, it was fun. Um, best moment was when we played House of Blues in Atlantic City. And in between every song, some guy kept yelling, Fuck you, bring out Circa. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, he was on the other side. I didn't hear it, but everyone was talking about it. And he was getting so mad like every time jeff would like start to say something like interesting this guy was just like was like turning red just like bring out circa it's like dude like there's us and then a life once lost is gonna play and then circa like we're not gonna be like oh they're just waiting like okay we'll get off stage we're, we're inconveniencing you did he, ma- did he make it like maybe he didn't make dude, it all the way I, I don't know if he made it but it's like do you know how things it's like when people request songs sometimes and you're like you know bands make set lists. Like, they're not just like, I hope someone shouts out or we're not going to know what to play. Oh my. Like, I feel like people, there can be such a disconnect with the audience. I mean, but, that, that guy would have, I would have made it a point to, once I got off stage to go get a drink and stand next to him for the next band. <laughs> I fucking just hate, that drives me insane, that yeah. kind of shit. And it's like, dude, our set is 20 minutes long. <laughs> like, I think you can make it. Like, go get an overpriced drink. Yeah, I think you guys are being mean. This guy planned his whole evening. <laughs> Sea Circus survived. He, he was going to turn into early, <laughs> and he wanted them to come out on his schedule. He had a timetable. Right. He was going to turn into a fucking pumpkin. Yeah. He he, <laughs> he bought that ticket. He doesn't know your band. He but, didn't know no, the other band. No, it's true. I th- I th- listen, and that's a very small thing. The other shows were great, and I want to say the other <laughs> bands that we played with, Circa, obviously, but um, this band Black Clouds and Old Lines, who we played a couple shows with, and. Um, braille uh we're all awesome bands you should check out they're all really good please tell me that braille they don't sound like anything um (laughs) you guys just kind of feel them out right on that's where we were going with it uh today on the podcast we have jeff and quinn from the used they have a new record out there on the take action tour they're great dudes we haven't talked to them in a long time and i think please correct me gentlemen is this our first guitar bassist combination on the program our bassist we've had a lot of rhythm sections we have but i don't think we've had 
Yeah. The, the knot rhythm section? The string section? <laughs> it's the string section. I don't know what you would it call it. It is the string it. section. Yeah. Does that work out? Yes. The used touring with a full symphonic orchestra. Um, I don't even know if we entered the show. Hey, it's going off track. Stephen, Jonah, and Brad. But if you're listening, if you've gotten this far, you probably know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> or... Or you don't, and you're like, what is this guy talking about? I'm going to say it again in a second. It'll be in this, this awesome sound effect graphic. That That's involves true. a train. I was literal. Here it comes. <laughs> so here it is. Jeff and Quinn from The Used, going off track. Check it out. Going off track! So we must begin by saying that in the studio now are two gentlemen who basically began my one of, part of my interview career as one of the first bands I ever talked to way back when I was on Fuse. Woo. That's right. And it was at... Um, when you had bedbugs. When I had bedbugs <laughs> many, many moons ago. Mm-hmm. We have Quinn and Jeff from the used here, and I believe we we're trying to figure this out. We've had a few rhythm sections here, had, but I think this is our first guitar and bass combo on the still podcast. Rhythm. Yeah, still Stringers. rhythm. We, we're string vibrators more than anything. Yeah. So basically, I'm surrounded by guitar players because Brad and John play guitar. <laughs> so this is just all going to devolve into pedals. Into what kind of pedal yeah. are you using? The octave or the? <laughs> now um, I, I like fuzz. Yeah, I like fuzz too. Actually, <laughs> fuzz is a genius. I don't even know what that means. What the hell does that mean? Fuzz. Fuzz. <laughs> it's like kind of like way, distortion. distortion. Yeah. Smooth distortion. Yeah, is it really? 70s distortion. Is it really? It's muffy kind yeah. of like it's muffy. Yeah. Muffy? Muff is a fuzz so muffled it's, distortion? It's, it's fuzzy. Fuzzy. <laughs> Muff. Because Quinn, you produce a picture? lot too, so you have to keep track of all these sounds. I think Brad's a producer. I, I've recorded some things, you know, I've recorded one, you know, I, I got really ambitious and finished a project, you know, for another band, that Eveline yeah, I remember. band in my house. Mm. But other than that, it's just been demo stuff, you know. Really? But I think over time, yeah, we've kind of... Whatever happened to We've Eveline? learned to communicate the language of music better than we did. <laughs> yes. Back in the day. Now, how did how did you guys get started? Um, we got started. I I I met these guys because I had put a or no, they had put an ad in a music store that was said, "Hey, we're looking for a guitar player called David." And you know, and I call them like, "Is David there?" And they're like, "Oh, it's it it." Oh. Yeah, this is David. Um, <laughs> you know, and uh, so they were trying to kick their guitar player out of the band that they had, and they yeah. didn't want him to know. And it was probably him that answered. And so uh. I they so I just. Faithfully found a band looking for a guitar player. We met up. Then Quinn we actually gave up everything. To interrupt. He gave up everything. He just left his house, <laughs> completely moved out of his house the day, like two days after three he days met after. us, and moved like three hours north of where he lived to live with us in a daycare. A daycare. <laughs> <laughs> so you were really young. There's huh? going to take a lot. Yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. I'm confused. Let's back here. up a second. Was there really a David, or David was a guitar player, and you were like... David was a made-up name just okay. to cover oh, yeah. up, so it didn't look like we, in the shitty band we were in, were looking for another guitar player so we can kick out the guy that was in our band. Okay, so I you, thought that you were saying you called the guy who you were trying to kick out, and oh, you were like, never mind. Okay. Right? Almost, no, not, <laughs> yeah. Okay, David, fictional person. Fictional. Yeah, fictional person. So yeah, just randomly that I had replied to this posting that they had at the music store, so that... That actually worked. <laughs> now, where in me. Utah did you see the ad? In Orem. In Orem. And where was the band? Um, probably in Orem that time. Yeah. Okay. Orem, yeah. But you lived far out. Uh, then we lived in Orem. Okay. Which yeah. is about an hour south of Salt Lake. Okay. Yeah. And so you d- decided to join the band. They mm-hmm. meet you and go, this guy's great. Let's move into a daycare center. 
Yeah. Let's move far away from anything we know. This is crazy, though. We, so we get together. We um, we go up and we fix up this daycare center. Completely redo it for Brandon, our drummer, his mom, <laughs> or at the time, you know, his his mom. And then the inspector comes in. He's like, "Well, the um, you know the gymnasium's too close to the fence. There, we got to tear that out." And, you know, we just restained this entire gymnasium outside in the gravel and like. Did all the stuff, like repainted everything, and they're just like checking all the codes off, like that's not gonna pass, that's not gonna pass. So his mom's like, I can't pay you, and here's a hundred bucks, you yeah, know, for the whole story. summer. <laughs> and that was our money. We were going to go to California to, to to shop our demo out that we were gonna try and record. So we were trying to get gas money the whole summer to go. So she said, hey, rebuild this daycare center. Once it's up to code, for you guys' professional union labor. Of course. Yeah. <clears throat> Very professional. Yeah, I thought the reason you moved to the sticks of Utah was because there weren't any codes in places like that. <laughs> I think so. Like, codes are for, like, yeah. Brooklyn, uh, I think. There's a Mormon code. <laughs> there's, there's a wife Mormon code. An unheard Mormon code. Did you guys both grow up Mormon? But, uh, no. No? Actually, we're the only two that really didn't have... I mean, my grandparents are Mormon, mm-hmm. and my dad kind of grew up. Mormon family, uh-huh. but he's like black sheep. Like he didn't. Well, he was like, whatever. This is all bullshit. Got I don't it. care. You know what I mean? Fair enough. Quinn, same. Really? Yeah. My parents just fell out of it. My dad just kind of grew out of it. My grandparents were LDS and all that. And okay. Don't know much about that. <laughs> my grandpa <clears throat> and my family kind of seemed to just pop up. I have no idea where they came from. Huh? When you would like meet someone there, with could you tell like? Would they be like, Mormonism's cool, or was it just like, I'm into Zeppelin, like, would people talk about it, or is that like an active part of your life, or can it be something you're like, just kind of culturally a part of? I think it's just In Utah? Yeah. Yeah, It's just, everybody, I mean, going to, okay, I was a Boy Scout, I was an Eagle Eagle Scout, so I was super awesome when I was a kid. (laughs) What was your Eagle Scout project, Jeff? Um, Painting fire hydrants, painting arrows towards the fire hydrants and all the fun stuff, yeah. My brother was an Eagle Scout. Was he really? So, yeah. Mm. Um, But... Going to Eagle Eagle Scout and not being a Mormon, we would go to the church, or I would go to the church. So I didn't know anybody. It was all church based, blah blah blah. But it's kind of the, it's kind of that same thing there. Like everybody is Mormon, not really, but in Utah County especially. So, yeah, there's so just a the known degrees thing. of separation. Yeah. You know, and both boys got some Mormons don't like gays. The, the, the Mormons, <laughs> I mean, especially in Salt Lake. Like once you're there, like the way that it really operates is like they own the media, they own like you know they own all the different stores and property and land and convenience stores in the mall, and they yeah. they own all the you know store hours are definitely uh, church influenced. Everything just kind of sort of sits in the background. So, I mean, I kind of like it's 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 just crazy because you have like s- people who are super devout christian um mormon christian and you know and like just like i guess you might have anywhere but you know the schools i mean growing up going to school like the you know seminary which is like they'd have mormon seminary that it's technically not on the school property but it's like you walk from your class to that you know what i mean hmm. so everybody was going to church once a day minus me because i wasn't doing it which is awesome because at the end of the year i had nothing to do which is great but yeah because it it's not on the school grounds so they just make it right next to the school grounds they just make it as close as they possibly can you know what and I mean? seminary is just a mormon school it's not like it's like I, I mean i never went so i really don't know but it's definitely has to do with going that, and studying mormonism what was it like being uh, this is fascinating because you uh you know you tend to hear about utah and lump everybody in you know, everyone's Mormon and they're, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you guys did not grow up that way. You grew up basically kind of 
you know, kind of how I grew up. My Satanist, parents were mostly. Complete <laughs> Satanist. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't be the first in here. <laughs> wouldn't <enough>. be the <laughs> first. <clears throat> you know, where it's like, eh, yeah. you know, we don't really go to church, whatever, who cares? Um, so in school, was it inclusive? Was it like, I have friends who are Mormon, I have friends who aren't. Like, it doesn't really... Actually, not really. Mm. For me, it wasn't. I grew up... Um, I, I went to... Uh, Pleasant Grove Junior High School and High School, Me too. which is like, uh, yeah, we went to the same school. What am I thinking? Um, <laughs> but you didn't know each other before the band? Mm-mm. No, not at all. Huh. Mm. We met after I, I, I left school. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> I saw him at the mall walking around. The popular hangout. Or yeah. walkers. <laughs> yeah. But um, I was going to say. Uh, you said school wasn't cool. They, there was a there was a separation between Mormon kids and others. oh yeah, there was definitely. It's almost like it's even how you go to if you're in Salt Lake now. There's your bum kid with the big beard and the you know the anchor tattoo and the riding his freestyle his bike you know or whatever it's called fixed bike fixed gear. Um, Wait, Salt you know, Lake City is Brooklyn? Yeah, like <laughs> it's it's like that. It's, and then there's like you know then you have your super Mormon people. So you have like a homeless youth and then you have like your missionary type, you wow. know, it's really, it's really weird. Wow. So one has tithe and one has tires. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you both guys know, bearded, uh, both bearded. you know, Stormy there Shepherd you. at all? Stormy, Stormy Shepherd. She's like a booking that. agent. She, she's Stormy. Mormon and she lives in, I think she moved back to Salt Lake. I didn't know if she's still the, like. Our drummer knows her definitely. Yeah. He, she's one of the coolest people in the music business. That's I, cool. I, yeah. I don't think she's, I'm not sure how busy she still is, but. I've heard her name a few times and. Our drummer has been playing around for almost ten years before we even got started uh, yeah, he in Salt know. Lake. So he does; yeah, he knows a lot playing. more people. But He's my yeah, Mormon. All right. <laughs> can you have a favorite Mormon? I think you can. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Mine's yeah. Mitt Romney. <laughs> Mine too. Really? No, not really. Mine, not really. It is really last. So you guys, you guys make this whopping hundred dollars. Yes. Actually, do we make that? It was the split a hundred dollars, if anything. For what? For, for the daycare, daycare center. center. Daycare center. Oh, Sorry, okay, I'm jumping right. back. Oh, right. Because no, I want to no, hear what right. happened. Wait, okay, first yeah. first okay, off, okay, even so. going there, like, so it was like, we want to get our band together. We want to really do this and really focus on recording and writing and get away from everybody else, right? So we pack our things. Like, Quinn, come on, join the band. We're going to move hours and hours south from anything we know. Which at the time, it seems it doesn't seem very far going out. But back then, not owning cars and not really traveling or doing anything, it's like big deal you know what i mean so we all move up there and we move in with at the kindergarten whatever daycare mm-hmm. is brandon our drummer's mom's house and move into that one room with all of their storage stuff that's just all around us it's just packed up and that whole idea was just to write and record and play music rules set in first time as soon as we get there you guys are too loud first thing you mm-hmm. can't jam at night or after six after six or when they're home which you know, it was, it was all most of the time. So, so that kind of shut that down. So we have all of our amps and everything set up. You can't eat our food. Can't eat their food. <laughs> so we couldn't buy food. We prefer you to stay downstairs. <laughs> Don't play grandma's piano. Um, and, and then the you first have to work night, on that. <laughs> first night, his dad has a heart attack. Oh, yeah. Like full-on heart attack. No so the way. first night we slept there, we're, we're in the middle of the night, it's like, you know, firemen are at the front door and everything. And they were loud. <laughs> yeah, they loud. And it was past six. <laughs> Unfair. Did they, did they play Grandma's the piano? First thing they did. I told <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Didn't even help them. They're on the piano. 
Look what I can Mama's play. going out there. <laughs> Daddy's gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> no, but, All um, I remember is painting that whole thing. Yeah. Painting and it was just a, and, it was quite an ordeal of a, you know, I don't know. But yeah, so we got the hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay. So you managed to write these, this, so you had a demo at that point or you were writing for the demo? This was a different band completely. Okay. Yeah, this was, this was the band. This yeah. was the band, but without Bert. You okay. Know, this is just without Bert. So we were still just, we we're just getting up our, you know, our songs together. But Did you say we need a singer or I'm going to sing? Or? I was singing at the you time, were which is a big mistake because I played bass originally. Mm-hmm. And I don't. Even, I just fell into singing on accident, which is not the smartest probably way to go about singing. You got pushed into it. He got pushed into it, <laughs> didn't you? Didn't. No. Didn't yes. You? Yes. Don't hit me. So is it a trio? Is it? It was um, quattro. It was a quattro, baby. <laughs> oh, that's an outfit. Ah, we yeah. had a different bass player. I got it. It was Joel at that time. Yeah, yeah. It was Joel, who's really good. He's a really good bass. He's a really good musician. Period. Yeah. It's always good to get them out of the band. Yeah. Exactly. First thing we did is like... No, it's like Steely Dan. We don't <laughs> really know about you. You're going to talk about a solo career. We don't want them. No. No. A-tonal. <laughs> uh, what's but, that? Yeah, All right. So, so this is the process. So then where did the, where did the formation of the whole band take shape? The used. Um, <laughs> where the fuck did you find Bert? <laughs> um, Bert, we had just heard... Well Bert, had, Bert had the reputation around of like being the, the best, you know? I mean, he was just like, he was in the coolest punk band, and then he was in the, all of a sudden was in this crazy hardcore band, and people were just, hardcore straight people were like band. turning away from the show, like leaving hardcore the show because it was band. too heavy. Like, Bert. Yeah, yeah, and he got kicked out of their last show, which I was at, which yeah. was hilarious, for being stoned. <laughs> Which is understandable, <laughs> being well, in a straight-edge hardcore band. I remember, yeah, it's like with Bert's old band, like you'd go to see, I first time I ever went to see him, and people I remember were like, it's too it's too heavy, like it's just, I can't stand it, it's too much screaming, it's, just not, <laughs> it's too much. I walk in the front the door of the skate park, turn to my left, and I'm like thinking it's the guy to like take my money, and I'm standing there, and the guy like, you know, finally sees it, I'm looking at him, looks down at me, it's Donny Osmond, he's just like, hey, you know. <laughs> says hello to me and i'm like oh okay that's donnie osmond right and then you know because donnie osmond's son was in the band and i had no idea and i'm like what's oh, going I thought on it was a thing where in utah there always has to be an osmond at every event that too that too that's part <laughs> of it it's, it's any kind of musical whatever Put them in there they usually have the their handout for the money they have to bring the christ with them somehow so donnie osmond's yeah. son was in the band that burt was in the, burt they was must in. have had great gear so the, Oh, they did. It was pretty great. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. nothing, abilities were nothing. It was gear. So the, <clears throat> John and I were talking about this ahead of time, and I wanted to get into it, I guess, peripherally. And so in Utah, it seems like there's a lot of straight-edge people because mm-hmm. if you're Mormon, you can't drink anyway, so might as well. Do you find that to be the case? Uh, I, I, think, think, I think it's that same, like, you know what I mean? Like when a religion has so much push and it, not even a religion, like even the government, anything has so much like grip and push. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, there's that equal resistance to it. You know what I mean? And I think that whole straight edge hardcore thing was the same kind of uh, what am I trying to say? You know what I mean? Same kind of yeah. the reaction to it. Try to put that into words. Can you get that? Is that yeah. uh, Jeff right now is punching his tattooed knuckles together, <laughs> yeah. which mm-hmm. I, if I remember correctly, form a dagger. Oh, and handsome at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and there's yeah. a lot of tattooed kids. In I, I think that it comes to, to that. I think that kids just in Utah, they like to gather into little groups, um, you know, and to have their own little society of, 
you know, rules, rules and everything, because there's so many values and moral absolutes that are placed over everybody in Utah. You know, this is right. This is wrong. Do this. You're, you know, all these things. And so I think that when people are like, well, yeah, you know, but eating meat's wrong too, mom. It's like, yeah, honey. Well, the bishop's here. So you're going to eat your steak and, you know, whatever. And, and people are like, you know, fuck you forever, I'm going to join a gang, I'm going to be in straight edge, and I'm not going to do drugs, and I'm going to, you know, and everybody's just there, and then they all kind of get together, and everybody's just like, my parents are the same way, I can't, they don't love me, you know, it's just this huge under, under culture, or subculture of, I always kids, remember so I reading an article that that about it, well, it has to do with, I was involved in straight edge when I was in Cleveland growing up, okay, and Salt Lake always had a reputation as just being super militant and violent, mm-hmm. like, yeah, which yeah. was, seems kind of crazy, because like, in Cleveland, it wasn't. It was like supposed to be violent, but nothing ever happened. Mm-hmm. People just like talked about stuff. But there, it's like you would always hear crazy stories, like someone gets like an X carved in the back of their head or mm-hmm. something. But I wasn't. I had never experienced it. As someone from Northern Virginia, where it started, <laughs> I am offended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. It, it was Ian aware of the X carving. That's some kind of little threat there. <laughs> yeah. Hold no, on. No, it's just actually more fear. <laughs> <laughs> now, I remember reading an article about that, about how hardcore it got in Utah if you were straight edge and, you know, like some kid running around with a sword and crazy words. It just sounds like, you know, when you go so far into one area, it's like trading one set of rules for another. That was more my mm-hmm. That's yeah, I know about I, it, which yeah, is very interesting. I agree with that. So you guys see Bert. Yes. His band is crazy. Yeah. And then you say, we need to get this guy into our band, basically. Well, he kind of disappeared for a while because he went from that and then that. Yeah, we couldn't yeah. find him. No. Yeah, he went. Just rumors of like massive drugs is all i heard about him for a while yeah and then i saw him and his hair was twice as long i think drugs made his hair grow (laughs) because he went from like short 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 hair to like down to his Mm -hmm. yeah he was snorting rogaine yeah actually (laughs) wouldn't believe what that That does to you it took all mine (laughs) (laughs) that was the cut (laughs) oh the 80s (laughs) so so how did you guys get bert into the used um, well, this this time right here, I moved to bass finally because our bass player—I can't remember what Joel did. I think he just quit. He was just over it. This that band got whatever, just kind of demolished, and we were just like, "All right, what are we gonna do?" So it was me, Quinn, and um, Brandon. Brandon. And was it you or Brandon? I think it was you that brought it up, right? Yeah, I kept saying, "Hey, we should get Bert. We should get Bert." And um, Brandon at first was like, "He's disrespectful and he's a drug addict." I think we should find somebody who's like. A little older, got it together, has tattoos and stuff. And, you and know, we tried. Looks like Mike Actually, Ness. <laughs> that seems and, like a very specific criteria. <laughs> we looked, too. We tried out so We would so like many seriously people. go sit in coffee shops in Salt Lake for hours and wait for someone to walk in. Be like, maybe he could sing. Like, Which it was is the best bad, way dude. to find people. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Desperation. Kick out the good musicians. <laughs> find someone who looks like Mike Ness if you don't know he can sing or not. That's good. Okay. Keep That's going. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> We tried, like, what, 10, 15 people? Yeah. Maybe more than that? And I kept saying, like, let's try Bert, you know, here and there. I'm like, <laughs> let's try Bert, let's try Bert. And we had called, we had all talked about it and stuff. And then one night I was like, you know what, screw it. Let's look it up. Let's, does anyone know his number? So we opened up the white pages. <laughs> I'm looking up, you know, McCracken. I'm like, mm, I think, I think it's this one. Pretty sure it's, so we called it and, you know, was, they, you know, his mom answered and then it's, I said, is Bert there? And she's like, you mean Robert? I'm like, yeah, Robert. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, Rob. I'm not a drug buddy. <laughs> so I just, you know, and then I talked to talked to him, and we met up that that following week. And I think in between that time and when we met him, we like recorded a song to have him because yeah. we knew he could scream, and we were like, let's write something really heavy and then something really melodic. So that maybe he memories. Can, he yeah. can audition and sing something, and he can scream something. So and. We took him to rehab right after he... <laughs> yeah, we took him to his narcotics meeting. Yeah, right come after. and try to sing to a song that we wrote, and then we'll take you to rehab on the way back. <laughs> That's so yeah. funny. Crazy. Well, but Bert's doing really good. I mean, yeah. this is another thing. I mean, seeing him from at that time and seeing him now is mm -hmm. completely... It's like one of those inspiring stories that you hear mm -hmm. about all your life. You're like, a person turned their life around. Yeah. Yeah. Sober for a hundred and something days now. Hasn't right. drank in... 160 days. He's doing good. Days. Yeah, he's doing that. really That's well. Good for him. Yeah. On. So I remember the first time I saw you guys was I worked at the AP's booth on Warped Tour 2002, mm -hmm. which, um, and it was crazy because I felt like you could see you guys getting bigger as the summer went on. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like that's when the videos first started coming out. And I remember it was like kind of small. And then you guys played a show in Utah that year and it was crazy. Like mm -hmm. so many people. And I was like, who is this band? Why are, I mean, did mm -hmm. it feel like that there was like a turning point around that time? where things kind of started picking up for the band? I mean, obviously, you had, like, a record out on a major label already at that point. I think our, rep our record had come out in April or June, <clears throat> first week of June or something like and that. This, that was 02? 02, yeah. 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 So, yeah, that summer was, like, the big setup summer. Um, I, f I definitely noticed it, yeah. It seemed like... It, it seemed either it was organic or it was organically happening, like, you know, through word of mouth and kids and stuff like that, but I felt like... By the end of the Warp Tour that summer, we were on the main stage. Yeah, we started off opening <laughs> stages. Um, we were started on the opening stage. Yeah, isn't that funny how that happens on the Warp Tour. Yeah, yeah. It over the over the whole summer, you can see it happen with certain bands. It's crazy. I know it's weird. I mean, I thought that. I mean, we were like destroying equipment too. Like we were. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it was terrible. Like I think <laughs> I got a check for like fifteen thousand dollars, and I thought the world was my the world was set. I went and bought like two guitars for five thousand dollars, smashed one, <laughs> smashed one, broke it. I'm like, oh, we'll fix it. We'll fix it. It's it's totally broken. <laughs> like, you know, it's still never gonna be fixed. Like we just did so much stuff. Like that, we were like on the stage. Like Bert was throwing up. Like Bert he was throwing so his hardcore. Shit. He was climbing and, on yeah, stuff climbing and it was on, scary to watch. Jumping off the speaker stacks yeah. every single day. <laughs> Jumped off the speaker stack every single, oh, maybe not the first Warped Tour, second Warped Tour. Mm -hmm. Every single day. Didn't hurt himself. You know what I mean? Like back towards the crowd. And then as soon as we go back on tour, he steps off of a drum riser and breaks his foot. Like the most, not his foot, his like whole ankle, right? Yeah, he's got like a... And it's like a, like a two-inch drum riser. <laughs> it's like watching him doing death-defying things every day and then just kind of, that's how it is, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the smallest thing. I slammed the car door in my hand. Mm -hmm. You juggle fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just exactly. step off a curb and bite your tongue off. So from <laughs> so from so you got Bert in the band, and yeah. then uh, did it? Was it like immediate? Did you go? Oh wait, this okay. Now we have a band. Was it? You just knew oh, yeah. right then. Yeah, we knew That's, right away. And then did you Instant. start writing new songs, or were it songs that you already had that you worked with, Bert? <laughs> <clears throat> we started started up, new yeah. songs really. Um, the band we were in before that was like, we had all these different styles. We had an identity crisis. And I think once we had Bert, we just knew that, okay, here's our what we can do. We can do some hard stuff and all this, you know. We started, um, Bert literally moved in with me two days later, too. <laughs> he started living in my room, sleeping on my dirty clothes and stuff. <clears throat> like he would just sleep in my closet. I had just a big pile of dirty clothes that would 
somehow like fill up half of my room. <laughs> and um, so he started staying, sleeping in there with his girlfriend too. She moved in. <laughs> awesome. And um, I just, I was like, you have to promise me you'll get a job. So she went and immediately got a job as a waitress at a, a Mexican restaurant, Mexican restaurant. And then he never had a job for, he saw, I've never seen him have a job, <laughs> but, um, except for at the snow shack. He, I got him a job at the snow oh, shack. Oh yeah, and he got arrested. And then he got arrested. <laughs> for what? For, um, they were, the owners were across the street watching Bert, uh, pull money out of the, you know, not put money in the till. So he'd charge, you know, tiger's blood, Tropicana, passion, or co- you know, whatever, coconut fruit. That'll be $12. They don't measure out the syrup that you put in the ice. They don't measure the ice that you, you know. So it's like $12 here, $12 here. Yeah. You said they caught them with binoculars across the street. Yeah, they were across <laughs> the street with binoculars. Like, wow. Stakeout. <laughs> stakeout. $12 you owe us. <laughs> yeah. These binoculars see. were 60 <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. But, um, sorry, I keep going way off topic. But um, <laughs> Have you heard the name of the podcast? Off topic? Going off track. <laughs> Ooh. That's perfect, actually. Part of the deal. Yeah, so okay. go off on whatever tangents Please. you Please. I'm, I'm fascinated with how you got the band together. And then um, I remember all of a sudden there were the used. It was even like I was living in California. I was working at VH1. And on Melrose, they would always have the giant billboards of bands. Uh-huh. And it was this band that just said the used. And to me, that just sounded like, oh, this band's been around a while. Oh, shit, I should, you know, I should check these guys out. <laughs> you know, it's just the way it was marketed and put together. I was like, well, well done. Good, good for them. <laughs> Obviously, you know. And then I got the job uh, here in New York and met you dudes and watched the videos and it was amazing. So from where, <laughs> from when you got Bert and the band to write the songs, what was the process to get to the major? Did you put anything out independent-wise? We did a 10-song, well... I we, mean, we yeah. did what you would call a local kind of release. Local EP. Yeah, like <laughs> something that we we just had at our shows. So we recorded some songs and then, um, sorry to... No, you'll say this better than I will. I stutter way too much. But we, um, so like I said, from the beginning, like with the whole thing is we had moved up to, I, when I joined the band, the first thing is we're going to go and record and we're going to work on this daycare and we're going to have money and we're going to take our demo out to LA and we're going to shop it. We had tried that. We had a tape though. So we were doing that. We were dropping, like literally going to Capitol Records and like setting the tape on the ground you know, not being able to, the security not letting us in. So we were like, this is pointless. But when we met John Feldman at a concert, he's the singer for Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. He, um, we had seen that he had produced a couple bands, a band called Show Off, this band called Mest. And we were like, well, Mest. we should, yeah, you know, they pop punk kind of stuff that he, he found easy to do, I think. But, um, he, um, you know, he just expressed some interest, I guess, and some for some reason we gave him our demo, and then he called us a couple days later after he had it, and um, or maybe it was a week later, and he was in Norway or something, yeah. and he called and he just said, "Hey, I think your guys' stuff's really good. It's really different. I think you know." He's like, "Just do me a favor. Don't play any shows. Just keep working on songs. Keep recording songs. Don't even worry about playing a, a concert." He's like, "You'll you'll play plenty of shows." Which was easy because we kept getting kicked out of every venue yeah, that we, we played in, so it wasn't a big deal not to play yeah. shows. What got you kicked out? Um, <laughs> just the screaming. First oh, really? show we played, some kid got his front teeth knocked out. Very first show. Oh. Do you remember that? And it wasn't when we played. It was the band after, but uh, we got blamed for oh, it that's because right. we're the heavy screamy band. <clears throat> so we just... Yeah. So John kind of... That's, that's where the next... That's how the 
the ball got started, you know, or everything kind of started moving. So a quick sidebar about John Feldman uh-huh. for your third record. I think it was the <coughs> Taste of Chaos tour. He had the record and he went, he said, hey, come listen to it. So I sat with headphones on listening to the record next to the producer, <laughs> which was the most unnerving experience. Oh, right. I mean, he would remember me from Adam, but I remember sitting there just going like, how am I supposed to react? I mean, I like the dudes, I like the band, I like the music, but you put up. I think I just waited for him to leave, and then I think I ran. That's probably what I would have done. Yeah, I got about eight songs in. <laughs> oh man, Start I'm sorry you had to listen. To no, it was it was with. it was just it was just a it's you know you never ex- expect to hear that from the producer like here hey come listen to this dude that's like how it was at AP all the time though and like bands would come in like we're gonna play you the record and the band's gonna sit in a room and I'm like oh. what are you guys doing in town they're like we flew in for this yeah. oh, and I'm like man. oh wow. Mm-hmm. You can't even really listen to it. You just have to try to look like you're listening to it. And that's what I never knew <laughs> what to do. I was like, I'm trying to nod my head, like tap my head. Like, I would just like <laughs> stare mm-hmm. at the ground. No. That's so. Did you ever awkward, have to man. go to the label and listen to one where they said we can't let the record go out? So I used to, have to do, to do it that all the time. I won't do it anymore. Yeah, I had to do that with Blink 182's last last record, mm-hmm. the Blink 182. We had to go sit in a room. They had to shut the door, and you had to sit there with someone in the label watching you. I was like, why are you going to... Because they don't trust you. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to steal it. Yeah. I was like, what should I really do? you're really quick burn it under your yeah. I think I should just start jerking off. That would, be, <laughs> that would have been awesome. Then they would leave that. the That's room. Have done that at have the label? Have you done that yeah. at the label? <laughs> That's <laughs> a good response to it, right? It shows you really like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. This song is great. How did you get Robert Smith on this? <laughs> oh, Excuse I, me one second. <laughs> I, I hate to keep harping on 2002. No. This <laughs> might sound like a little music journalist but I remember like the New York Times did this thing, the Summer Screamo, and it was like an article oh. about you and Thursday and all these bands that mm-hmm. are kind of were getting more popular. Mm-hmm. And I know those guys were really into like that first generation, like Orchid and like you and I and all these old, older Screamo bands. I mean, did you come from that world or did you just kind of like the aggression of it? I mean, what were you guys kind of listening to, I guess? Were you listening to a lot of heavy music? Right at that time, huh. I had just discovered, I had just really discovered like, the Discord bands like Jawbox and Burning Airlines and, uh, you know... Name another J. Robbins band. Uh, well... <laughs> That's I'm, tough. Uh, That's tough. <laughs> Transpaghetti. Is that another one? It sounds like it could be one. It could be a J. Robbins Yeah, Transpaghetti. <laughs> New Transit Direction. Um, but yeah, some of those bands. And then um, Bert had shown me, you know, like... Um, um, Ink and Daggers. God, like all. <laughs> all this hardcore music I never even heard of. Like Handsome and... Yeah. Um, I would say we didn't come from that world at all. Yeah, because I never, I always got the vibe that you guys kind of came from somewhere else, but kind of yeah. just fit into that scene as well. But you guys, I don't know. I was always curious where. You yeah, came you from. know, like Thursday's record. That was a that was a big record for me. That was before we even started the band. Is when I got you know the Thursday album, and I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. So you can blame them for, if you hate us. You can blame you can blame Thursday for that. When did you start playing guitar? Um. 15 when i was 15 okay. i got a late start but i played drums until then oh, I my dad that. was a drummer so i just kind of kicked around in the garage on the drums and then started i stole my little brother's guitar pretty much <laughs> to- if it's your little brother you just took what was rightfully yours yeah, yeah that's that's exactly works, think, mm-hmm. yeah. little brother gets luigi yeah <laughs> 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 what got you in a guitar um on a, boredom and just i I guess I kind of just wanted something different to do. And I was like really into, um, this is just sad, but I was like really into magic. 
I was really into magic tricks and like putting on making little little shows, little skits, little this is not like sad. stuff, little game shows. <laughs> there and, are careers in Vegas made on that. Oh, I know, very true. But um, so I yeah, I was like just I don't know, just obsession with anything and anything. It was like it went from like chess to karate to like arts and crafts to doing hosting a game show to doing magic to doing go back one playing guitar. <laughs> Hosting a game <laughs> show? Right. I knew it. The price is right. That yeah, was you. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, right. Get, right. What would inspire someone as a teenager to host a game show? <laughs> Honestly, watching TV, man. <laughs> I've auditioned for game shows, and I have friends who do it. It's the hardest fucking hosting job there is. Really? Yeah, I it makes it makes sports that. look like a walk in the park. It is so damn hard to do. I've auditioned for it and walked out like I hope I don't get that. Uh-huh. That's a lot of work. Wow. Yeah. But the only the cool thing is you do them all in a day. Yeah. So you work for like two days. Oh really? Yeah. My friend did, or they spread it out over weeks. A buddy of mine did a game show for the Game Show Network. Weird. <laughs> um, where he did, uh, I think, thirty six episodes in three weeks, which is unheard of. Wow. Really hard. That's rolling crazy. in audiences doing the whole thing. So that's really amazing. It's like four. So days. obviously from Game Show Guitar. And was there was there was there music that that inspired you to be a guitar player? <laughs> I I wasn't like set on being a game show host. Let me just say that though. I mean, I was just sort of obsessed with like television and production, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, just oh, production's little, different. That's where yeah, all the you know, fun stuff happens. Like just making up little skits and stuff. Um, I would like, but yeah, I don't know. The guitar just sort of hand got hand came into you know to my life because I. Just started like listening to Oasis, and this is when music first started happening for me. Is like I got you know an Oasis CD, Nirvana, Rage Against the Machine, all these like early ninety. At that point, I was hearing all that stuff, and I I could sit on the drums. I knew I could play that stuff if I wanted to, but I I wanted to like sit there and learn how the chords worked. So I just started doing that, and um, yeah, I don't know. So no lessons at all, just straight up by ear? I took lessons for like a month, and I, I just didn't like it. Yeah, It was like finger style, Richard Marks kind of stuff, James <laughs> Taylor stuff. I remember when we met Quinn, the first thing we were so excited about, we're like, yeah, you can even play the Skinner solo. <laughs> you can play the Freebird solo? Yeah. It was like no the first way. thing you jammed for so, us. We're like, whoa! <laughs> I used to go to the media, to the bookstore. This is before, the inter- before we had internet. I'd go to the bookstore, and I'd get a disposable camera, and I'd flip it up into the solo on a pay on a certain part that I liked because I couldn't. I could take a picture of the chords and I could figure out the chords, but to like figure out the solo would take a long time. So I'd take a disposable camera and I'd photograph the music out of the book, you know, so I wouldn't have to buy the book. So I'd get all the solos <laughs> for like four so bucks, and I'd go hilarious. and develop the film and sit there and be like, it's like blurry, you know, like fifteen, oh, fourteen, man. trying to figure it out. <laughs> it's just pathetic, man. Did you come from a musical family? I mean, were there instruments around? Because I feel like I could never play the Skinner solo no matter how much I practiced. Mm. But I feel like people who can do that kind of stuff are like, oh, yeah, like my dad could do it. And you're like, yeah, of course he can do it. <laughs> my dad's a drummer, okay. um, mostly, and but all all around, just like a musician. He's a m- machinist, at, though, and he's, so he's like, he's kind of got like the artsy mind and the science mind, you know, kind of combined. So I don't know. I guess growing up, he was he was sort of there. He would always just tell me, he's like, he's like, now... You know, he'd hear me trying to work on something. He'd be like, play it like you're not trying to play it. You know, don't, you know, or give me these little insights and stuff like that. But, um, 
Not not too often though. I just sort of something I had to work on and compound over time. Especially not having、um, lessons. I think that held me back. But I don't know. That's the thing is I'm not really a good guitar player at all. Like I'll sit down and like people that are like, you know, just that I've just met or some, they'll pick up guitar and start doing awesome stuff like playing some weird folky, badass blues stuff, the jazzy funky New Orleans things and. I'm just like, no,、nah, it's not. It's not how it works for me. Like, I'm, I'm more or less, I'm sort of augmentative to other people's、um, interactions too. Like, if there's a bass, you know, drums and bass going on, I feel like I can kind of bring in something cool or add something to it. Like, I don't really feel like I'm a guitar player. I play I the guitar. I think it's a question of style, and I think、style. right there you yeah, defined yeah. how a band works. When、yeah. you go hear a band. At least me. I don't want to hear the guitar player, and by, and I'll say right now,、yeah. I'm not a fan of Led Zeppelin. Judge me however you、Whoa. want, but I'm not, <laughs> and because it's all about one guy or the other in the band. It's not、For、about、sure. the band, and that's what、mm-hmm. bothers me. Because there are some songs that are really awesome, and if you can put Gollum in anything, I'm usually a fan. But <laughs> for some reason, it was all it's all about this, that, or the other thing, or die, 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 and I just I just wasn't into it. So.、Uh, That kind of sums up your band is cohesion more so than you know、uh-huh. separation. But that stuff is impractical too. Like I feel like there's always those dudes who can do all those arpeggios and sweet picking. It's、mm-hmm. like when like yeah, when are you gonna do that? Yeah, when are you gonna do that? Aside from when you're at Guitar Center trying out a guitar.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you're Ingve,、yeah. you do、true. it now. Yeah, but that's like there's like four people that like have made money doing that probably. And that's not that cool. It gets old. It's、yeah. like you're hearing, okay, cool. He can solo over the entire song, and it's yeah, so awesome. But where are any of the songs? Exactly. So yeah, abilities, I think Quinn's amazing. He's my favorite guitar player. <laughs> so, so you guys went to the same high school, but you had graduated before Quinn. Yeah, like、um, I was leaving when he was joining.、Got、so,、it. fair enough. Yeah. yeah, we just never really met in high school. Now, were you playing music in high school? I was playing bass in high school. When did you start bass? Seventeen. Okay. I same thing. I never had lessons. No. My dad played bass as a kid, but then his finger got cut off, so he stopped. <laughs> <laughs> And my grandparents always had an organ at their house that they would I would mess with growing up, and I would always have little Casio keyboards. So I was always like wanting to learn to play music and wanting to do it, but it's just that like no brothers or sister know how. You know、mm-hmm. what I mean? Nobody else played music, so it took me a while to get into it. So how'd you figure it out? How'd you crack the bass code? I bought one. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's what it took. <laughs> yeah. That's、saving the up secret、forever. to learning bass. Owning one. <laughs> you,、yeah. you used to park in the handicapped spots. Remember, you just leave your bass in the front seat. <laughs> <laughs> I still use that. I still do that. Works. <laughs> oh, I like that. <laughs> you can go in the carpool lane. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> There's、Great. no drummer in the room, so you're. you're so I'm by default. It's, it's,、yeah. You're、right. only musicians.、Yep. No drummers. <laughs>、oh, drummer joke. Oh, like、do you do music? Or are you playing? Music? I do. I'm playing actually in a band with Jeff from Thursday now. Oh, okay, cool.、Nations. We、awesome. just did. Oh, you were in that shows last week. Yeah, awesome, dude.、They're, Jeff's such a good dude, man. Jeff's awesome. Yeah, yeah Jeff's awesome guy. We were there at their last show out there in in Australia. Oh,、Thursday、that's right.、Show. Yeah. How was that?、Awesome. It was cool. Yeah. Was, yeah. I have a, about 500 pictures from it. Really? Yeah.、I、took some awesome pictures. And, yeah, it was it was pretty crazy afterwards. Rudy was started crying. <laughs> yeah, that had to be、yeah. emotional. Last show, it was, what, was it fifteen years? Yeah, I think it was yeah, like ten or fifteen years. It was a while. Yeah, that's crazy. It didn't sink into like ten minutes after the show, you know, and everyone's like, "That was it." Yeah, you know, for now or for whatever, you know. Tell yeah, me how how bands do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was still、yeah, it was cool. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I feel like you guys were a part of this thing together that seems like it was so long ago, like, mm-hmm. but was so important, I feel like. I know. And I feel like bands, the bands that are popular now, I'm like, man, that shit was so much better 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's always going to be that way. I know years, it's always going to be that way, but I, like, I, I hate me. to say that, but it's like, it's so, like, when I see the old school bands on the Warped Tour now and they're like taking back Sunday, it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we were out there this summer, we 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 could finally, you know, the competition was is gone. You know, there's no like, you know, there's none of the who swings the microphone harder, right, you know, right. jokes or <laughs> who's on MTV more and right, yeah, who's yeah. a bigger sellout or anything like that. Now we're looking at each other like we're old and we're like we're like now we're no effects in bad religion out here. Religion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this has really happened in this yeah. short of time. You know, it seems like just What's weird? all these bands weird. nowadays kind of. I mean. Nowadays, blah blah blah. When I was younger, blah blah blah. You know what I mean. But all these bands kind of are so similar in so many ways now. You know what I mean. All these like, mm-hmm. ah, ah, nah, like singy screamy, singy screamy, like super breakdown. It's it, it's cool, and I'm not talking shit, but yeah, but I'm sure there was someone back then going, "Oh, these bands, the Thursdays and the U's." That's what I'm this. thinking. You know what I mean? They, sure. That's what I was trying it, to. It's everyone's hearing back in the day something. But then you think about how many bands. The, the key to it is. You're still around, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, Thursday to end, you know, was a decision on their part to do so. It's keep playing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like it's, it's, you're mm-hmm. still there for someone to go, oh, remember them 10 years ago? Instead of what happened to them, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it, it's the fact that Warped Tour is still going on. And there, were, I mean, if Damn. Bad Religion does it, I mean, they'll, they'll still do it. They did it when they're, you know, all in their late 40s, you know, early 50s. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. So it's cool that there's that venue for that. There was years ago they were yeah. going to start like um, I think Kevin was thinking of doing a uh, making that a separate tour, the old school warped. Whoa. I don't think I don't think a lot of people would go to that. I would go and you yeah. would go, but I think to me it seems like they're trying to do less of that because I feel like those mm-hmm. bands. It's hard for them to get together. They yeah. had that yeah. old school stage for a bit. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's surprising <laughs> to me when I was just out on Warped Tour. I mean, I'm going out, go out into the audience, and I hear just. I don't know what I'm listening to that's coming out of the speakers. I mean, I would like it if 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 it was likable. If I could like it, I would have liked it. Right. And I'm looking and there's like 3,000 kids just going off, you know, and it's like all of a sudden, middle of the song, it's, you know, one style and then it just goes straight up yeah. into a stereo exactly. sounding like... <laughs> and everyone's, it's like every, now everyone clap and we're going to sweep our hair six times. And, yes. You know, and then the next band comes up and they're the same thing and they've got a name like... You know, verb the, verb the bear, the sickest dudes forever, and you know, <clears throat> yeah, it does. And I'm just kind of wondering, you know, like like you, but like you're saying, you know, people might. I look at that and I go, oh, all these bands, you know, or we look at that. <clears throat> Ten years ago, people might have looked at the used or Thursday, whatever, and been like, oh, all this this strange. crap all sounds the same, you know, but. But you, guys had would, air, but you guys had airplay. That's the difference between. I guess so. But I wonder if it's like it. has to do with like a younger generation and technology mm-hmm. and just OCD and it's like they need something different. Something at the song has to mm-hmm. change seven times, like because they're always yeah. like. Sure. I feel like maybe it has something to do with that. Yeah, I think strictly genre based, like mono, you know, just one thing is is gone because you can go, you know, when you're out on, especially out on Warped Tour, you look and the kids got like high top Nikes, spike belt. Torn up Levi's, a Letterman jacket with a you know a cowboy hat that has Slim Jim 
Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, so, you know, I think all those kind of genre things are starting to meld, meld. You grew up, I mean, you're, you're you know, you grew up a little before yeah, us, too. <laughs> yeah, but when music actually seemed to have like a. It's, I think it's been that way awesome. all the time, you know? I'll look at Brad. Brad and I. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a four in front of our second digit. It, it was always worse. Yeah. I mean, it was always better. It's always better. It was always worse. And you always felt like. <laughs> You always felt like you were on. It's like you. You always felt like you missed out on the cool to hear other people talk. Mm-hmm. You know, like like growing up in Virginia. Um, like I remember when Fugazi started. I remember people talking about it. I didn't go see him till like ninety two. You know, I wasn't cool enough. My friends went, but I didn't figure it out. You know, and so there's people then going, "Oh, that was the, that was the show." You know, that was mm-hmm. that was the way well, to see. You know, it. I mean, there's something to be said for the beginning of any scene. It's yeah. always going to be fresher, and it always and the mm-hmm. music does definitely like get more generic especially within sort of like i mean you look at and screamo or emo or any like kind of more specific genre i feel like the for, the longer it goes on the more the bands sound the same mm-hmm. until people forget about it and then somebody uses that type of music as like inspiration to go off and do you know something else like synth based emo or i don't know but it fuses itself it fuses but also the other thing you're really not thinking about is the fact that music is always going to sound better and mean more the more hormones you have in your bloodstream <laughs> that's exactly what i was thinking so <laughs> so awesome. so your that's record came true. out so we're talking about 2002 that's true and uh that's when i first met you guys my hormones were raging in a raging. Too. <laughs> mine guys, too yeah crazy <laughs> i had blonde hair oh, <laughs> so did i when i met you guys you um, did? oh yeah i had like three different colors in my hair it was ridiculous cute um <laughs> what it was the opposite of that it was called tacky and i was 30 i'm like i'm still i'm still with it <laughs> Um, so kids born when your first record comes out, they're now 11. So they're now listening to bands. And again, like you're saying, their hormones are raging. Their ears haven't been on the planet long enough. They're still, their decibels, they can hear that we no longer can <laughs> due to age, mm-hmm. you know, that they're hearing something. But I, I talk about this a lot. Like the first time I got into music, I was 14 and Bon Jovi was the be all fucking end all. Mm-hmm. Like that was it. And Cinderella opening up. Oh, oh my yeah, God. That's awesome. That was mm-hmm. it. You know, and then someone introduced me to Minor Threat and my brain went, oh no, that, that's what you like. Yeah. And I didn't realize that until then. It's just kind of how would you, like you said Thursday. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's where, yeah. your, that, that's where your brain needed to head and that's what felt comfortable to you. And obviously mm-hmm. you become part of the scene. The name of the band they used one of those names where i'm like what a great name how the hell did no one before get that name yeah actually yeah i don't know there was a band from boston oh yeah well yeah there was a band called used used there's so we picked the we picked used it was originally just used used you know what i mean and um so we finally get signed right at whatever but right before right like the agreement of getting signed we found this other band in boston that had like it was a what was it mp3.com that we were yeah it was just really back in the day but they they had already taken there they had the name trademarked or something something like that, like that. so they mm-hmm. were they were had all five five followers how many followers did they have 500 maybe yeah and I don't we had remember. like 10,000 hits on our thing you know what i mean it was like ridiculous already and we weren't like really signed yet and it was like, no, we're not. They sound like corn. We're not going to give them the name. They can't have the name. It's our name. Like, no, no amount of money will get the name. And yeah, we figured that one out in about 
three or four minutes. Where are they now? <laughs> <laughs> like, how about $10,000? They're like, <clears throat> well, Extreme, there was a band called Extreme when Extreme had their song, so we're going to hold out. And then, like, they called back, like, within five minutes. <laughs> you guys and have they're to like, we'll the... take the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to use. Oh, wait, I thought we were having the Boston band on the podcast today. Oh, you oh. could. That'd be awesome. Yeah, they're yeah. waiting outside yeah. brass knuckles. Like, yeah. yeah, remember that? Maybe there's a chick in that band. <laughs> <laughs> that's possible. <laughs> that would make your day. Uh, that's a little inside joke. So I had a question <laughs> about like one of not my. Not anything to do with you. Uh, not I know. Way. No, I. I <laughs> one of my favorite bird stories is. One year we were on Warp Tour and he had just gotten diagnosed with that pancreas thing where he wasn't supposed to drink. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I saw him the next day and he was drinking a beer. And I was like, dude, aren't you supposed to not be drinking? He was like, this is a light beer. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think that's the way it works. I mean, what's it like? Mm. I mean, obviously he's doing great now, but like, were there moments where you had to like babysit or was it hard to have that kind of an element? I mean, like, I'm sure you could talk about this for six hours. <laughs> but I mean, what was that kind of dynamic like, I guess, especially maybe during like those times? Um, it was a lot of, you know, I, I think I developed a huge complex with, you know, being passive and having anxiety, a lot of anxiety, just knowing that Bert's going to do something. He's going to come in the room and he's going to embarrass himself and me, and I'm going to be the one to apologize. He's going to not listen to someone and speak over them and completely misguide the entire conversation that's happening, you know, just all these things and and I'm like, but he's the, you know, he's Bert. He's the one that everyone wants anyway, you know. So that I had to kind of get over. But then, I mean, in time, um, there was a lot of embarrassing situations, like a lot, some, you know, some pretty bad stuff. And I mean, I've straight up told Bert, I'm like, you know, you're a fuck up. You're fucking your life up completely. You're so talented and you're, you're, you're just, I can't deal with it anymore. I just can't, can't deal with this shit. Like. I mean, he was, it was bad, like, I mean, we couldn't get on this plane, like, this is just, That's you know, last year, like, we couldn't, we were at the airport, and he was just, like, passed out in the, you know, in the restaurant, um, falling constantly, spilling, you know, finishing his drink down to, like, the very last drop, and then spilling his drink, breaking everything, you know, and then saying, I want another drink, I spilled my drink, you know, and they'd bring him out these other drinks, and we were, like, just... I remember literally standing on, on, sitting on the plane and I look up the aisle and there's two of the pilots and the two stewardesses or whatever and they're trying to pull him out of his seat and he won't get out because he's so drunk that they're like, you can't fly and we're supposed to go to Europe to start a tour. I'm just like, I stand up. I'm like getting my bag out and, you know, Dan's yeah. there and he's like, dude, just chill out, man. Just chill out. I'm like, I'm sick of this. I'm like, it's me or the band or it's, this has to end, you know, so I don't know, kind of going into it the alcohol and that really set bird off on on a bad path and then he had defensive defenses about it he would be like i need to drink or i you know my pancreatitis like he, he would say that drinking was good for him but just not a lot of drinking and sounds you know, like you knew what you were getting into at the beginning if bird had this mm -hmm. reputation when you wanted him to be in the band and then you drove him to rehab yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds well like said. from day one you know you're you're signing that contract pretty early on you know so it's but it's hard you know because mm -hmm. you know it, it's that old saying you know especially for people in recovery 
you know, it's how many times you're going to stick your hand in that fire and think you're not going to get burned. Mm-hmm. Bert so, is a very addictive personality in general. Like you he's think? always addicted to something. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like right now he's addicted to books and all he's, he's re- like he'll knock out 500 pages a night. Like yeah, just, like just casually. Yeah. Like wow. just it's weird. I mean, he read every Stephen King book in every, like a month. Like something ridiculous. Like he's even he's Tommy like, knockers. Like, Why? Yeah, yeah. I think he's read about half of them in the last month. Yeah. In like oh. two months. He's read the entire Charles Dickens. You know, Tom Sawyer, Huck Finn the other night, uh, David Copperfield. He's just reading, like, always reading, always reading, which is great. Is great yeah, which it's is, great. it's a good addiction, you know. I think words are his most, uh, you know, those are his most valuable weapon. Like, he's he's able to write better than anyone I've ever met. I mean, is he, has he always been read. responsible for lyrics for the band? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. great. And even now, it's just even better. He's like, oh, this is a short story I read. And he's like, you know, I see it on my email, and it's, you know, 15, 20 pages long. I'm just like, this is, this is cool, you know. That's so right. there is hope. I want to change gears to just a funny story. And I, I say funny in hopes that it ends up sounding funny. So there was a tour that you guys came up with, if I'm correct, the Taste of Chaos tour. This was your brainchild, am I mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so the first time we did this tour, it was you guys and a static lullaby and a smaller band, My Chemical Romance, was just coming out. And My Chemical Romance was doing a photo shoot. And a member of your band jumped out into the photo shoot wearing nothing but a pineapple. I'm not sure that was really. (laughs) And I snapped a photo of this. And this photo made it around the world and was actually showed up in a magazine in Australia. Really? From my little digital camera. Jeff, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> and it was, I think we had Fuse put it up on the website. It went up on MySpace. Page. Should have been a pineapple ad. It yeah, should have. Dole Pineapple wanted to <laughs> hire you. I'm still sponsored by no. Dole. They sent me on tour. Nice. Do, you, do, you, do you remember the interview with Mike Cam? What was going on? Not really. I, it was just supposed to be making fun of them a little bit because you guys were talking and it was going on. And I was just going to walk from our bus to their bus naked just to be like, just to divert the, whatever seriousness was going on, so everything was like shocked. You know what I mean? And then I ran onto their bus, and Bob, our old sound guy, their drummer, mm-hmm. was trying to kick me off. And there was nothing to grab but that pineapple. That was the only object in sight. It was like that or nothing. So it was like fuck. <laughs> but then the best part was you stayed for the interview, but nobody referenced it. Oh yeah, you're right. No, well, you just right. stood there, and the interview continued with you just standing there holding a pineapple. I didn't see. I don't yeah. think I ever got to watch the full thing. I just, you know, saw it online. Really, I really saw the full thing clips. either. Actually, I remember also when we were in LA together, and you guys were there for some AP thing, and you guys were like in a hot tub that was in a limo or something. Oh yeah, yeah that, that was, was Jeff that and Bird. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We just want to look like real gangsters, you know. If you set that up <laughs> and paid for that. That was amazing. Gosh, Crystal, yeah. we had like. It was, uh, <laughs> G-strings. G-strings. Yeah, I had a little red bikini on. Mankini, sorry. So you're very comfortable with your body. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Has the teabag tattoo worn off or is it still there? Oh, it wore off when I got it. It was one of the one of those things you won't really realize how much that area of your body rubs against the front of your pants. Brad, let me ask you, if you were gonna where would the funniest place you think would be to get a teabag tattoo? <laughs> <laughs> Because where you're on your thinking, forehead. <laughs> <laughs> well said. <laughs> Where's the dumbest place? It's the most ironically yeah. ridiculous uh, place. But the, there's the thing about that. When I heard about this tattoo, Jeff, um, I was like, <laughs> "Let me see it." And this is how you showed it to me. He just reaches in and pulls it out. 
I mean, you know. The tea but, bag. <laughs> the tea bag. But, like, for me to reach in and pull a thing out involves some, like, some casual movement. It was just, here you go. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't wear very tight pants. <laughs> well, waist-wise tight yes. pants. Yeah, so. I think you pulled them out of the zipper, or you have before. You're like, yeah. hey. It's easier sometimes to pull them out of the zipper. <laughs> yeah. Then you got to watch for the, you know, the bitey marks. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. There's teeth. <laughs> Bitey Marks. Write that down as possible band name. Bitey Marks. I like that. That's good. <laughs> Couldn't be black metal. It has that to be bit. pop, though. Bitey Marks. Bitey Marks is always Vampire pop. pop. Ooh, Bitey Marks. <laughs> Vampire pop. Oh, God. They will probably be on Warped Tour next year. They will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, there you go, Jeff and Quinn, two great dudes, talked a lot about stuff. No, I can't do that. <laughs> I just do this all the time. You can do it. Let's see. Um, can we just go completely off topic? Forget it about what we just did. Okay. What do you want to talk about? This must be something. Yeah, we, all we don't have to shit. recap what we talked no. about. I mean, it doesn't matter. Jeff and Quinn, good dudes on tour right now. If you've never gone to the Take Action Tour, they do it every year. It always supports a great cause. Uh, changes every year. Am I right with that? I think so. It's been going on for a while yeah, now, it's huh? Yeah, like, it's, it's not approaching warp status, but it's been going on for a few years. Because when I worked at AP, we used to do the programs for it. And that was right. probably like 10 years ago. God, it's been going on a long time. So it's a very cool, very positive thing. Check out the years. Their new record's coming out. Um, if you like going off track, go to facebook.com slash going off track um also we have an amazing website that we put all kinds of people's cool pictures on right now if you haven't heard the fred armison episode yet go listen to that that was a lot of fun yes the fred armison he said it was fun did he say it was fun yeah he actually uh hit me up because he wanted to hear it and he listened to it and said he thought it was really cool dude i always that's awesome i always get nervous about that after the fact even though you know you're having a good time and you're hanging out with everybody and you i am my own worst critic so i'm always thinking like, whenever I listen back to it, I always think, God, cut that dude out. Oh, that's me. Mm. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. But, um, no. It, Fred dug it. Fred dug it. But he's also, like, the nicest, most easygoing guy in the world. He, so, I think it's... And Portlandia is killing it right now. So funny. It shows so ridiculously good. Um, next week on Going Off Track, more of this. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.